Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. Happy Spirit Sherpa Day. Happy spiritual for day. <laughs> I don't know if that's a day, but I think it should be. It is now. Yeah. <laughs> What's today? It, uh, July 9th. Officially spiritual for day. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Officially spiritual for day. That's a good day for spiritual for day, too. Sure. Yeah, seven, seven, nine. nine. Good exactly. Numbers. Good. Very good numbers. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, can't complain. What are we talking about today? Well, today we're going to talk about what happens when we reject ourselves. Oh, that sounds... That sounds sad. Yeah. <laughs> and sadly common. Well, what does it mean, rejecting ourselves? In order to understand that, you have to actually understand what happened in childhood. When we grow up in a challenged childhood environment, we are not allowed to exist as ourselves. Okay. We exist as an adjunct of our parents, as a wish fulfillment or as a you know servant or as a reflection of them. Or as a, you know, stay out of my way and just do what I tell you, right. you know, pretend to be invisible sort of thing. So all of these things create an, a situation in which we don't exist unto ourselves. And any attempt we make at individuation gets squashed. So in order to understand how self-rejection happens, you have to understand that you were programmed for it in your childhood. It's just a continuation of your childhood experience. And since there's nobody on the outside to do that for you, you do it for yourself. Okay. And so every time you don't pay attention to your own needs in favor of taking care of someone else's needs, 
that's a form of self-rejection. I see. And that is very common. Yes. So are there other forms of self-rejection? Because that's a very general one. It is a very general one. So, but it applies across many, many different areas. Exactly. So, I mean, if you look at it in your relationships, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, well, we'll do what my honey wants to do instead of what I want to do because it's, I want to make them happy. Or if you look in parent-child relationships, it's the, I'll sacrifice so my child can have. Let's talk about business owners for Mm -hmm. a minute, right? If you're a business owner, it looks like, oh, well, I won't charge everything that my program is worth because people can't afford it, Mm -hmm. right? So I'll make sure that they have enough money for their lives, but not that I'll make sure that I have enough money for mine, right? So you end up running a charity rather than a business. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes across everything. In your spiritual life, it gets, it, it, it twists it another way. Okay. So in your spiritual life, it looks like I'm going to do God's will and not my own. Okay. It's not the, I'm going to trust in the universe. That's different. It's, I'm going to hand myself over entirely to another being and have no volition of my own. And I'll do whatever they tell me, How, no matter how hard it, it hurts or how much it sucks. Right. That's its own form of self-rejection. I see. Or I'll hand myself over to a guru, which is even worse. Because at least with God, you have a chance of maybe putting your own stuff in there as you're getting your own messages. With a guru, oh, anybody who's going to let you do that? <laughs> oh, my God. Run away. Well, and this is an interesting slippery slope in some cases, especially in the cases of whether it's a faith belief system or whether it's a family relationship. It's easy to slip into that. The place where you mentioned, which is an interesting one here in terms of the business side of it, that gets a little more concrete, right? There's there's a black and white element there that's a little easier often for people to see if you point it out. But if you say you shouldn't be putting yourself before your kid. That's where they're going to fight you on it a little more than they would from the business perspective. Right. Whereas if you say, well, you shouldn't be putting yourself before your kid and they fight you on it, you say, is that really the model that you want to give your child is that they should sacrifice themselves for others? Because what you do is what they'll do. And, you know, we have this very twisted society that says, yes, you sacrifice yourself for others. That's what you do. And it's like, If you don't put your oxygen mask on, you will pass out before you can help the other person. And I think that the oxygen mask is a great example. And I want to focus on a word and ask you about it specifically, because you're using the word sacrifice yourself for others. But but it's valid here because you're not talking about doing things for other people. Yes. You're talking about rejecting yourself for the sake of others, which that's a difference, right? That's a sacrifice. Yeah. You're you're literally laying yourself on the altar of their happiness and letting your blood flow onto the altar to, in service to them. Let's be clear. That's exactly what you're doing. You are taking your life's blood, your life's energy, and giving it to them because you think they deserve it more than you do. Mm-hmm. Now, think about that for a second. They deserve it more than you do. Really? It's your life. How is it that they deserve your life more than you do? It's your energy. How, how is it that they deserve it more than you do? But what you hear all the time, every time I say something like this to one of my people, they go, oh, but I don't want to be selfish. Because that is the word that has been used to manipulate them since the day they were born. <laughs> okay. Well, what's the difference between 
focusing on yourself and being selfish? There's a difference between self-care mm-hmm. and selfishness. Okay. I wish I could insert the recording that I did with Monique Darling on this a little <laughs> while ago because it was a long, we did like 20 minutes on this entire topic. If you go on my YouTube channel, you'll find it. Yeah. Um, but the the short answer is that when you are selfish, you are taking from others to serve yourself without their permission, taking from others without their permission to serve yourself. That's selfishness. All right. Self-care is I'm taking care of myself before I give you what I have left over to take care of you. Mm -hmm. I'm making sure I survive before I help you out. And that's not unreasonable because if I don't make sure I survive, then I won't be here tomorrow to help you out either. It's like, if you look at it from the outside, I mean, I like the, I like the oxygen analogy. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, like you've had a horse that you've been riding all day and it's tired and it's sweaty and it needs to be combed and it needs to have its, its shoes cleaned and it needs to be covered and fed and watered and allowed to be still. And your neighbor comes running over and says, I need your horse to come plow my yard. Do you hand over that exhausted animal to your neighbor? Or do you look at your neighbor and say, maybe tomorrow yeah, when the horse is well watered, well fed and well rested? Yeah. We'll do that with a horse, but we won't do that for ourselves. Yeah. So that's, that's the difference here is not don't help others. It's right. just don't put that help of others prior to your own well-being. Yes. So I'm going to take it back to the business owner again, because yep. they're going to say, well, but what about the people who need me? There's a way in which we get codependent with other people. Okay. And there's a way in which our need to be needed feeds into it. And this is true whether it's business owners or not, but it, it applies to the business owners particularly. And the need to be needed is well, we're going to pick a market that is unserved. We're not going to consider why that market is unserved, as in it doesn't pay or the people can't take in the information because they're in survival mode and they can't take it in when they're in survival mode or whatever. Any number of reasons why that market is underserved. They go, oh, they need me and I need to be needed. And so I'm going to go in and serve them. The analogy that you made a minute ago saying, well, it's not that you don't do something to help. It's that you do it after you've taken care of yourself. Right. So in that analogy, the business owner might look at me and say, but these people will never be served. And if I don't serve them, then no one will serve them. And my answer to that is, then they're only 10% of your business because that's your charity give back. That is not how you feed yourself. You feed yourself first with the people who can afford to pay you what you need to make in order to feed yourself yeah. and hopefully feed yourself well, because you deserve to be fed and, and clothed and housed in a way that is good, not just bare subsistence. Mm-hmm. Then if you want to serve that underserved community, you do it at 10% of your business because that's your tithe back to the community. Okay. So you can do that either by, comping somebody into your program every now and again, or offering a scholarship option or a work study program, or maybe you do something specifically for that community that is something you do only for them, but it is not your business. It is your give back. And that's the thing. This is what I'm talking about. People who are business owners don't recognize how much this stuff 
feeds into their business. I talk about it all the time with business owners. Everything from, you know, oh, I just went into my dad's pattern of working my ass off and not paying any attention to whether or not it was actually getting me anywhere. Just mm -hmm. if I was working hard, then I was doing it right. Yeah. Or I went into the pattern of codependency where I couldn't charge more because they couldn't afford it. Okay. You know, where it's not my job to know how much they can afford. It's my job to know what I need to charge to make my services pay what I want them to pay. And then to find the people who can afford it. That's my job. Not to make sure that that person right there can afford it. There's lots of different ways that this builds into a business. From those things to sometimes we won't let ourselves be successful mm -hmm. at a higher rate because our parents weren't that successful and we don't want to outshine them. That's another thing. There's, there's so many things. The worthiness thing, the, the I can't pick up the phone and talk to somebody who might be a good JV partner for me because I might sound stupid asking mm -hmm. or they might not think I'm good enough or I'm not worthy to talk to them. You get invited into a room with other movers and shakers and you don't know why you're there. Yeah. And you're like, well, how did I get here? I, 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 that must have been a mistake. And now we're we're hitting on an element of so we started talking about self rejection and then we started mm -hmm. talking about how that ties into not taking care of yourself, taking care yeah. of others before yourself. But now you're hitting on this sort of major point of the worthiness element mm -hmm. that is a huge part of the childhood piece that comes back in this case. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you know, in our childhoods we learned that we're not important, we're not enough. We're not worthy. Yeah. We don't matter. Our opinion doesn't matter. Our feelings don't matter. We, we're not supposed to have feelings. Yeah. You know, it's not just that they don't matter. We're not supposed to have them. Well, and it's great to recognize all this, but Kelly, how do we break it? What do we well, do? <laughs> I, I wish I could give you a quick answer. Right. For that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason they call it complex trauma. Yeah. You know, it's it's not an easy answer. No. We talked about putting your own oxygen mask on first, and that's that's a good start. Mm -hmm. Reversing your priority list. I always tell people the very first thing you can do in this scenario is just reverse your priority list. Right now you're at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Put yourself at the top. That's a good start. Okay. Anything beyond that, it gets more complicated because you have to deal with the, the value issues of, of seeing your own value and internalizing that. And you have to see, you know, you have to deal with your perspective and how you see the world. You have to deal with your coping mechanisms and how those are playing into things. There's, there's a whole web of stuff mm -hmm. that goes into this particular issue. And that is, takes a while to unwind. There's a reason my program's a year long. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. And that's an accelerated program. <laughs> and that's a super accelerated program. It took me 12 years, 15 years to get through all this stuff. You know, I'm giving it to you in a year. That's a deal, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to just sort of fumble through and figure it out. You know, you're having it fed to you. But yeah, it's, it's a process. If it was easy, I would just hand it to you. You guys know that I give you stuff all the time. And this one just isn't. Yeah. It's it's a process. So, yeah. you know, start by reversing your priority list. Put yourself at the top and see what that does for your life. Well, and part of putting yourself at the top is finding programs and things to get yourself into to actually do the work on you 
and yeah. and for you in this case. And that's probably another key piece, I would think. A lot of people say, oh, I, I'm so miserable or, or uh, I'm so focused on, on the wrong things and it's affecting the people around me. So I need to do this work so that I can get better for them. Right. But often when you are trying to get better for someone else, you're work. never going to do it. It's going to mm-hmm. be for you. And that's another part of this. So you're not going to be able to do that hard work until you've done what you said, which is take yourself from the bottom of the list, put it at the top and start from there. Yeah. And, you know, that's you just hit on something that um, that I've been hearing from people recently. I'm launching a new program called Enlightened Leadership, and mm-hmm. it's specifically for business owners. And it, it combines the Mastering Spiritual Evolution program that I've been talking about for two years with a complete deep dive on your business over the course of a year. It's a mini MBA specific to your business. Very cool. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, as I've been doing this, I've been working with a new marketing person and he asked me to put out a survey and ask people, you know, how they felt about going into a program that was personal growth related. Yep. And I was surprised to see so many people come back with the answer I'm afraid that if I look at my trauma, I'm going to like break down and be non-functional, that I'm going to re-traumatize myself, mm-hmm. that I'm going to fall apart. Yeah. I was really quite shocked to see how many people said that. Not because I don't understand it, right. because I absolutely do. Yeah. And right now it's... I mean, everything is so much harder right now because of the pandemic, because of the civil unrest, the level of angst and anxiety that's normally just sort of right below the surface is now up over your head. Yep. So I get it. And it speaks to the fact that our culture doesn't know anything about spiritual work (laughs) because, you know, I get it from a therapy perspective that fear may in fact be valid because you're going into your trauma when you're in therapy. That's, that's part of what therapy is about in a spiritual context. You're not going into your trauma. In fact, we specifically don't do that. If you need to go into your trauma, we actually send you to a therapist to go do that work because that's not what we do. You know, what we do is we say, okay, what of your childhood experience is still acting on your life today? Mm -hmm. How is it impacting your life today? And then how do we adjust to have it stop impacting? Mm -hmm. So it's not a dive backwards into your trauma. It's a acknowledge where you came from, draw a red dot at the bottom of your feet saying where you are, and then find a way to move forward in a healthy, happy, peaceful fashion. Right. Now, is that always easy? No. It doesn't have to be that hard. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, especially especially in my first year of the program, a lot of it is just perspective shift, Mm -hmm. you know, learning to see the world the way that everybody else sees it. Because that's one of the things that happened to us when we were young is that because we didn't get to exist, we don't get to see the world the same way everybody else does. Mm -hmm. We see it differently. And so learning to see the world different, it's brain bending. Yeah, (laughs) it'll it'll tweak your perspective pretty hard. And my marketing guy's been doing that for me recently. (laughs) I've had my perspective tweaked really hard in the last couple of weeks. It's been really lovely. (laughs) I just I I really like it when it happens to me because it doesn't happen that often anymore. So I'm like really excited about it. But it can make your brain go, what? (laughs) (laughs) But then once you get to wrap your head around it, you go, oh, and when you're dealing with that level of work, the hardest part about it is the self-judgment. 
Okay. So, you know, one of the things I try to tell people is like, your judgment is not helping you. <laughs> you know, it's actually a resistance pattern. But the self judgment is the hardest piece because either you say, oh, well, geez, I should have gotten this sooner. Yeah. I hear that all the time. I, I, whether somebody's 30 or 40 or 60 or 80, I hear, they're like, oh, I wish I had gotten this when I was younger. It's like, yeah, everybody says that. Get over it. You got it when you got it. And it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you got it in the perfect time for you. That's when it was supposed to happen. Then it's the, oh, I've been doing this to myself my whole life. I suck. And you don't suck. Yeah. You got trained to do it this way. Now you're training yourself out of it. That means you're rock. That means you're rock. You're awesome. <laughs> yeah. Because you figured it out. You know yeah. how many people don't? Tons. Millions. Millions of people never figure it out. So you're awesome for figuring it out. That's the piece that we're, we're looking at here. And it's very interesting because I understand the fear. And in its own way, that fear is a resistance. Okay. There's a part of you that really wants to do the work, but then you find an excuse to not do it. That's resistance. Mm-hmm the peace. And let me be really clear in spiritual work. If you don't have a moment of, then it's probably not going to work for you. Okay. Because if there's no fear, then it's probably not going to change anything. The fear is the indicator that things will change. It's that element of discomfort, which goes with growth. Exactly. And of course, you know, you you hear people say, well, I don't want to become a cult member and I don't want to be proselytizing to everybody and telling people to come and join my cult and you know all that other stuff and it's it's like look if you don't hand your power over to your guru yeah if you don't treat them like a god if they don't uh, try to separate you from your family and your friends then you're not in a cult (laughs) go look up the uh, elements of a cult yeah and make sure you're not doing that. And if you're not, then you're not in a cult. <laughs> so that's an easy one. There, there are many, many lists out there that say, if these are the elements, then you're in a cult. You know, the fear is that we're going to become somebody we don't recognize. And I think that fear actually stems from truth. Because we are somebody that we're not meant to be right now. Is that a bad thing? It depends on who you become, I suppose. Right. Right now, we're somebody that is not our, our authentic selves. That's what your anxiety and your worry and your dread and your controlling behaviors and your inability to ask for help and you're feeling helpless and victimized and angry and upset and wanting to yell and scream, what about me? Mm -hmm. All of that comes from the fact that you are living underneath coping mechanisms and control patterns and belief structures that tell you that you're someone you're not. So let's take in here, Kelly, as usual. Yeah. I got a little heavy today. Yeah. I I got a call just before I came on to the podcast today from somebody who was melting down and having a lot of just everything was backing up on her. And I saw in stark contrast exactly how much pain she was in. Mm -hmm. And I just had a moment of going, yeah, everybody I'm going to be talking to in a few minutes is in exactly as much pain as she is. And I just really need to just talk to you. Yeah. I just need to tell you, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told her, which is that nothing changes unless you change what you're doing. If you keep doing the same thing you've always done, you're going to get what you have always gotten. Yeah. And if you want it to change, you need to reach out and make it change. Flip your list. That's a good, very small step. Yes. Cool stuff. If you want to make a bigger change, then come do Mastering Spiritual Evolution with me. 
or enlightened leadership if you're a business owner. This has been a good one as usual. Yeah, but we can't stop yet. Well, no, we can't. I was going to take us into that, but why don't you talk about what's coming up? (laughs) (laughs) We got something exciting coming up with one of our friends. I'm excited. I'm excited. (laughs) So so here's the thing, right? Colm Holland. Mm Mm-hmm. The guy who did our two-year anniversary episode yep. about the secret of the alchemist. Yep. He is having his book launch on the 31st of July. Yes. And we are going to put the link for that into the show notes. And I recommend that you click through as soon as humanly possible because he has been being interviewed by lots of people yeah. on this topic. And it's a virtual book launch. It is a virtual book launch, yes. So it's kind of cool. It's run by like Mind Body, Mind Body Spirit, Spirit, yeah, yeah, Mind Body Spirit Online. There's going to be a lot of cool things happening at it, and he told me there's only 200 spots left. Wow, there were only 200 left yesterday. Yep, and this is Thursday, and you won't get this podcast until Sunday. So yeah, run, run, (laughs) and get your seat because uh, if not, you may not get it. Yeah. Talk about the real deal. Man's awesome. Yeah, he's very, very cool. That was a great conversation with him. Just so that people know, it looks like it is Friday, as Kelly said, the 31st of July. It is a virtual event and it's taking place. It looks like it's 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern time. That's Eastern here in the U.S. So do the math, calculate it back wherever you live. But that's very cool. And that's going to be a very cool event. It looks, it sounds like from reading through the thing, he's going to be doing it where he lives. He lives close to Glastonbury, as yes. we talked about on the episode. And it's going to be a virtual event there. So it's very, very exciting. Yeah. So I didn't want you guys to miss out on that. I wanted to make sure we gave it a shout out on the show. Oh, so. no doubt. No doubt. Well, I guess that's all, except I think we need a Kellyism to get out of here. Let's see. What can I come up with for you? You matter. Act like it. All right. That's perfect. All right, folks. That is all that we have for this week. But be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta. And you have been listening to Spirit Chirpa. So long, everyone. Bye. Each mile I travel over 13,000 now. Spirit Chirpa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. That's Kelly at kellysparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to kellysparta.com. This episode of Spirit Chirpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions. And my love and my life and me. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space, 
and you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.